Let me talk about my rather unorthodox approach to how I'm going to be building a startup. Now, I'm not doing it alone. I do have a co-founder, which is absolutely fantastic. And we are completely on the same wavelength at how we're going to approach this. You see, my startup journey sort of started around my YouTube channel where I came up with the concept of Beebrill. I had this kind of passion for a problem at helping people become brilliant in their kind of freelance and network um, and companies like LinkedIn. They just weren't fulfilling that. They had all the potential, but none of the none of the delivery of it. So I wanted to document creating that in YouTube, but I, I realized that it was becoming bigger than me, that I wasn't really able to really to grasp what it was and actually build an MVP and actually do something with it. And the other side of it is I didn't truly understand what that path to being brilliant, to being successful and finding happiness um, and having that support network around you. I didn't, I didn't quite understand what that looked like. But I haven't shelved it completely. I, I, I reckon I'll come back to that in a few years' time once I've understood that journey how to be brilliant over these next few years. But during that time, I then fell in love with another project, uh, which is where Zara comes in. And Zara wasn't a new concept to me. I'd kind of had this idea previously during my freelance times before doing the YouTube channel. And again, that grew bigger than what I could do. I didn't have the, the real support to build it. But in that time, I, I started conceiving of these, these ideas, found a co-founder, um, got two co-founders with Zaro, which is absolutely fantastic. It's a great mix. But at the same time, I also have this other passion. I'm, I'm completely obsessed with different, different projects, which is, which is my Achilles heel. I know that. And the other project is Commersive, which is the e-commerce technology platform that I've been passionate about through my day job for many years. Uh, I've trademarked the name. I've got the I've got the domain name. All of this. It's a company now. Uh, it's commersive, and it's about e-commerce technology that really bridges the immersive and the commercials together. You know, immersive e-commerce is how the name came up. I was walking into a supermarket one morning, and uh, I was just playing the words in my head: immersive e-commerce, immersive e-commerce. And it was born through this desire that when people are shopping online. They have this immersion of feeling the emotional connection with what they're doing. So rather than buying, you know, a pair of boots to go hiking, that they are actually connected with the hiking experience. They've got that immersion that say, I'm doing this, find me the products that I need to support that. So there's a whole, a whole kind of ethos behind that. So I was playing these words in my head and then I, in my brain just went, commercive, immersive e-commerce, commercive. And, then, and I checked, and the .com was available, the trademark was available, um, and now we've registered the company, which is great. But here's the problem. There are two companies that are now going to be demanding my time to build, and I'm struggling to build just one. So what am I doing? This is where I've got this concept of building the machine that builds the machine. And this was inspired by an interview I saw with Elon Musk when he's talking about building, obviously, an electric car with Tesla. That's one thing. He's solved that. He knows how to build an electric car. They drive around. They work. But now he needs to build them at scale. And he said, when you put your engineering effort in, it's not worth putting them 
on making a better car and getting 2% fuel efficiency on the batteries and, and more performance. That's not where you get the biggest return. You get the biggest return at building the factory, the machine that can build the car so you can do it at scale. And when I thought of this, I kind of took a step back and I realized that's a really simple way of articulating what I'm trying to achieve. With the work that I've done with Zaro and Commersive so far, they all share this common framework underneath and it's gonna be called Entity Core. Uh, we may open source it in the future, too early to tell. And basically, it, anything that is common in building a web app, a web technology platform, that will be solved for all projects in one go. So whether you need a way to register users, do billing, notifications, uh, storing and retrieving stuff from the database, um, being able to have API keys, all of this. Basically, it's an internal NPM project and I can then build Zaro using that, I can build Commercive using that, and wherever possible, I make sure that the entity core has all the value so that if I solve something for Zara, I've solved it for Commersive. And when we have things like inline chats and commenting and all that, that's gonna be solved for all of them. So very rapidly, we can get feature-rich products. And then Zara and Commersive are just the kind of veneer layers of what these products do, the specialization of them. Zara will be about managing projects, tasks, wireframes, and some exciting things we're getting into. Uh, Commersive will be about managing products and inventory and providing algorithms around that. But when you look at it, you can actually boil that down into a lot of core technology and reuse it relentlessly. And then running them as businesses, they all share the same common problems, being able to deploy and have a development cycle, continuous integration, all these kind of things. And actually, they can be solved once and just used many times. So being able to monitor things, being able to test things. All these frameworks and, and operational stuff can be done just the once. So with my, with my co-founder, we've come up with this concept that we're going to build a company that relentlessly focuses on optimization and allows us to do the maximum in terms of features with the minimum amount of support needed from us. We're going to design it in a way that we're not dependent on the operations that the thing is automated as much as we can possibly do so that we can scale ourselves without necessarily needing to scale with people. And that's really interesting. And it's interesting for a couple of reasons. One, we get to learn and share that, that infrastructure, that code, that experience across the board. But two, we get to build a business that becomes somewhat immune to the failures of a startup. Because if we built Zaro and we just couldn't find the product market fit, that for whatever reason, we decided to quit. Or it started becoming somewhat profitable and then ran into negative cash flow and we had to shut it down. In doing that, what we end up doing is shutting off a product that failed. The technology doesn't necessarily be the failure because that can become another product. In other words, the effort that we lose is actually very minimal and we get to reuse that and have a second 
at bat at building a successful startup. And I find that really fascinating. And I'm, I'm now thinking, should more businesses be designed in this way? Because from a, an, an employment and a culture and building a company point of view, we can focus down on the core operations, but make the money at the product level, which means you can build in redundancy. So if one product fails, you don't necessarily lose all the support and people who supported that, they can transition over and you can kind of build up a buffer. Much like an agency who has multiple clients, lose one client, it shouldn't bring down the company. And with a startup, you lose one product market fit and it brings down the company. And that's a really odd way of thinking about it. And especially if you've got intellectual property in there and, and VCs and investors and all of that, that intellectual property would then need to be brought out if you want to reuse it. But what we're doing, because we don't necessarily have investors, that's, that's, we're not doing this through investment, we get to retain as much value that we can deploy again and again and again. And as we scale this core business, we get to test new markets. And the long-term vision is maybe to use it as some sort of incubator of, of, of product market fits, maybe then try and grow something and sell that business on. But ultimately, we'll come into work and we'll have this operational side of, of supporting more than one product. And that's really fascinating. And we can, we can reuse a lot of experience in terms of marketing, in terms of techniques and learning. The whole lot can just kind of combine together. And, uh, and that's really exciting. We've, we've got a name for this, this company that we're working with at the moment. Um, and the, the message we wanted it to be is it's our legacy. In other words, when, when we retire, this will be the legacy we've created. It's not, it's not Zaro, not commercive. No, it's this business that was so well optimized that it could create all these, these products out of it and find profitability very quickly and be able to scale and out-innovate the competition through the techniques, the automation, the way that we look at how we're going to do things. You know, it's a tall order. We're going to learn a lot along the way, and we've been learning a lot to this date at how to do some of this automation so that we, we don't have the dependency on ourselves. We've got a long way to go, but... We've got a long time to do it because it's our legacy. So the name of what will be the company, it's not a company yet, is the name is Legantium. And it's kind of this mashup of having legacy that's solid, that's robust, that's, that's you know, forged out of titanium kind of thing, Legantium. Um, and that's where we're essentially, that's what we're building. And we're, we're using Zaro and we're using Commersive as the productization of its technology. And that's really exciting. That's our unorthodox approach to how we're going to be building a startup. It may work, it may not work. But I, I believe the only time a bootstrapped startup fails is when the founders quit. And with Legantium, it means we can keep iterating on different ideas. And if we fall out of love with one product, we can do another one without having to start from zero. 
And that I find quite comforting. So there you have it. That's my unorthodox approach to, to trying to do two startups at the same time because I'm mad, absolutely mad, and I love it. That's who I am. You know, have multiple obsessions. Don't just settle for one, you know. It could fail. I'm walking in with my eyes wide open. I know the risks. But as long as I enjoy every day, then I'm on to a winner. So thank you very much. Hope you've enjoyed this video. Make sure you like it if you liked it. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. If you want more of this content, leave a comment below and reach out on Twitter if you want to have a conversation. Thank you very much and catch you in the next video.